Welcome back to Tip Today. It's time for Global Politics now and Thomas Conway joins me in the studio as always. Thomas, good morning. Good morning, Ali. Good to talk to you this morning. I suppose in terms of global news, there's only one story on the agenda today. Only one story in the agenda and that's Israel and Gaza, Israel and Palestine and it is an appalling situation really. I mean, no matter which way you look at it, which side uh, there are people dying, there are civilians dying, it really is a situation that looks like it will deteriorate further before it gets better. The current situation on the ground is uh, a humanitarian corridor seems to be possible uh, from from Gaza into Egypt. That is being mooted at the moment. Uh, So it may be possible to transfer some Gazan civilians uh, out the gap into Egypt and possibly save their lives. But of course, we had this major exodus over the weekend, a flow of Gazan refugees essentially forced out of their homes and down through through the Gaza Strip, essentially, uh, because Israel is preparing for a ground offensive. Now, that ground offensive It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. I mean, this is the opportunity that Israel have now to wipe out Hamas. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said so. He has stated that that's his mission, that that's his goal here. Whether they can do that remains to be seen. It's more complicated than it looks, I will tell you that. Hamas have a series, a network of tunnels nestled underneath the ground in Gaza, which they operate in. Uh, they they plan strategy down there. They're able to hide hide out of uh, out of sight of the military. It's going to be an exceptionally difficult situation from a from an Israeli despe- perspective, despite the fact that their military is far more advanced than than anything Hamas could throw at it. Uh, but it is still going to be an incredibly difficult task ahead you, of them. You also have the, um, the the other added issue as well of hostages. You have over 100 hostages. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what Israel's attitude is. Will it be to rescue the hostages or will they be collateral damage? Yeah, and that is the really, that is the pressing question at the moment. I mean, Hamas has said that some hostages have already been killed, uh, some in airstrikes, uh, some, I suppose, by their own means. But it is a really, really precarious situation for anyone. And you just, your heart would go out to anyone who has family members in a hostage situation. I saw a video last week of a man uh, grateful that his daughter had been killed rather than having been taken hospital or t- taken hostage. You know, and that just outlines the gravity of the situation. I mean, there's no getting around it. Hamas are a serious terrorist organisation. They are dangerous, they are brutal. And they demonstrated that last Saturday week. Uh, they demonstrated what they're just capable of and the brutality that they could inflict. But now it, it is a precarious situation. Israel is going to have to be very careful. If they want to rescue these hostages, they're going to have to make sure their response is somewhat proportionate uh, and they're going to have to have negotiators out. Um, it hasn't been proportionate so far, though. I'd have to. I mean, we saw white phosphorus bombs being dropped in Gaza yeah, last week, yeah. which are... Illegal. Illegal. And that is the thing. And that is when you look at this situation, you see on one hand the, the brutality inflicted by Hamas in one hand, on one hand, and then you look at the Israeli response. And though Israel has a right to defend itself, completely entitled to defend itself, defend its own citizens, but a proportionate response, I think, was key. And I think many world leaders have advocated that from Anthony Blinken was in, the US Secretary of State was in the Middle East uh, just a couple of days ago. He may still be there. President Biden has said so, President Macron. Across the, across the developed world, uh, leaders have pleaded on Israel to to make sure their response is not too brutal, is proportionate to 
uh, uh, to what has been happening to them. It's a really, really difficult situation, Ali. I mean, I, I just, I, I can't speak enough about how my heart would go out to, to those involved in it. Particularly, yeah. you know, you the families of the likes of Kim Dante, the Irish citizen involved. I think Leo Varadkar came out, the Taoiseach came out this morning saying there are uh, up to 40 Irish people living in Gaza. You know, obviously under awful circumstances at the moment now as well. So it's going to be really difficult to to extract those citizens, particularly in these circumstances. A lot of criticism directed as well at Ursula von der Leyen for putting EU support behind Israel. What did you make of that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because Israel is obviously allied. It's allied very strongly with the US, a little bit less so towards the EU, but it is still a friend of the EU. Now, the EU has for years advocated a two-state solution to the conflict in, in Israel and Palestine, and that is a solution whereby a separate Palestinian state would coexist alongside that of Israel. That is pie-in-the-sky stuff now. It's just not going to happen after what has happened in the past week. Um, but the fact that Ursula von der Leyen came in so strongly behind Israel, I found a little bit peculiar. I thought she would urge restraint to a greater extent. Uh, I thought that might be her role in this because Israel... Look, Israel is in a wartime situation now. It's capable of of pulling out all the stops and uh, inflicting as much damage as possible. And that obviously jeopardises civilian life. Mm. Uh, and that jeopardises civilian life in Gaza and in other territories like the West Bank, which is on the other side of Jerusalem, uh, the Golan Heights, which is up and, near and Syria. And Lebanon, where we have Irish troops. And Lebanon, which we have Irish troops and had an Irish troop killed last winter. Yeah. Uh, so it is a really, really difficult situation. Uh, you have the likes of Hezbollah there, a Lebanese armed group. You have Iran quietly backing Israel, quietly supplying it with, or quietly backing Palestine, I should say, or Hamas, uh, quietly backing it with weapons, with uh, artillery and stuff like that. So, like, what happens now is is it's very unpredictable. It's yeah. very unpredictable. I mean, you would you would imagine the Israeli forces will win out in the end. You would imagine they are the more powerful unit here. But what extent that civilian casualties occur uh, is the real question. And how, how, how far in does Israel go with this response? How far does it dig its heels in and inflict, inflict uh, the sort of suffering on, on, on Hamas mm. that Hamas has inflicted on it? I saw um, President Zelensky of Ukraine commenting on it last week. I thought his his comments were very irresponsible and very inconsiderate. Yeah. Basically, what he said was his main concern about what's happening in Gaza is that it takes the focus off of Ukraine. I yeah, and that is that is that was out of tune. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, all all right, we have we have the Russia-Ukraine war, and it obviously is and has been to the forefront of people's minds now for the past year and a half. Uh, but this is another crisis. It's not. It's not more important. It's not less important. It's another conflagration in a in a very volatile part of the world. Yeah. Uh, and for President Zelensky to say that, I would be critical of him as well. He is Jewish. Uh, you would imagine that he would have more of a, a a psychological connection to what's happening there yeah. uh, in Israel, but obviously not. Obviously, leaders have to look after their own patch. But certainly, that comment was. 
uh, uncalled for, I yeah. think is the best way to describe it. I know this is something we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead anyway because we're looking at, I think, a matter of hours before a ground assault uh, gets the go-ahead by Israel. So I'm sure we'll come back to it again next week. Another big global story we were looking at at the weekend was the elections in Poland. These were being deemed the most important elections since communism. Since 1989, yeah, since 1989. I think because it will shape the future trajectory of Poland for years to come. I mean, it really is very significant. On the one hand, you have the Law and Justice Party, which are a nationalist party that has ruled Poland for the past eight years or so. They've gone on very, gone down, come come on with a very, a set of very hardline policies in terms of the judiciary, in terms of LGBT rights, uh, all things like that. They have really transformed Polish society and turned it to an extent into a police state. You know, they control the media, control the main television stations, uh, use propaganda weapons. And then on the other hand, you have the civic coalition, which is being led by a former prime minister and a former president of the European Council, Donald Tusk. People will remember him from the Brexit process. Mm. He played a foremost role or a a pivotal role in that entire process and he is coming at it from the other end he is looking to effectively liberate Poland uh, from its current state now he will need the exit polls have indicated that the Law and Justice Party will remain the largest party they don't have enough seats to form a majority so this will all come down to the process Was that expected? That was anticipated widely so this will all come down to coalition building and who can build a coalition who can knit together enough parties to forge a coalition the civic coalition uh, or the civic coalition of Donald Tusk are relatively well placed to do so they have a number of allies on the uh, we'll say the middle ground maybe the left wing territory of Polish politics that they can call upon Uh, remains to be seen there will have to be a lot of negotiation a lot of hammering out the details there Uh, but certainly it's it's not a favourable result for the Law and Justice Party Uh, they will they will rue their mistakes during the campaign they made a couple of you know, errors during the campaign. I think in their in terms of their policy appeals, in terms of their appeals to citizens, and I think Donald Tusk has he has a bit of a mojo about him. He's he's back in business now. He's a charismatic leader. Uh, he's well able to stand up and talk for himself. And you would hope from from a liberal perspective, anyway, from an Irish perspective, that Tusk does find his way back into power because the way that Poland is headed is really precarious at the moment. Okay, I'm afraid that's all we have time for this morning, Thomas. But uh, in terms of what to look out for for the rest of the week, obviously Gaza, the big one. What else? Obviously Gaza, obviously Poland. Steve Scalise was edging to become US Speaker of the House. He's now been eclipsed by a guy called Jim Jordan. This is in the United States. This is a really interesting story. Uh, Obviously, Kevin McCarthy resigned as Speaker of the House of Representatives about two weeks ago now. Jim Jordan is a Trump ally. Uh, he's a man who uh, has been controversial but has been very staunch in his support to President Trump and will continue to be so, I would imagine. That is the main story, I would say, to look out for in the next week. Who will become the next Speaker of the US House of Representatives? And the presidential run has gotten a bit more interesting with Kennedy now joining as it well. It certainly has. He's added a bit of spice yeah. to the ticket. You know, 
Uh, now, what way he will sway the vote remains to be seen. But or who will take them from? Who who will he take them from? That is the real question. You know, can he eat into either the support of Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Uh, very difficult to know at this stage. We're still quite an early stage uh, in this race, but it will be really interesting to see. There's no doubt about that. Another topic I'm sure we'll come back to. Thomas, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for Ali, talking thank to you. us today. Thank you. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.